Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 524th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who is breaking the mold on traditional canine snacks. We're talking with Neil Wordy about recognizing quality dog treats. Neil has over 40 years experience creating and marketing consumer products, including children's toys at Tyco and Mattel, pop culture and music at Rhino Records, and for the past 18 years, durable toy products for the pet industry. He has delighted parents, children, and our four-legged friends with thoughtful and innovative products and solutions. Neil co-founded the Quaker Pet Group, and in 2015, they merged into pet industry innovator WorldWise, Inc., where his product development team has been focused on bringing healthy treats to our canine friends. Welcome to the show today. Neil, are you ready to rock dog treats? That is dog for you bet. I'm ready, Greg. Awesome. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Now, you know, it helped starting in Brooklyn, New York, and it also helped having ADHD because that's the, the ultimate multitasker. Right. So absolutely. You know, it's harnessing the power of creativity. And, you know, when you're a little kid and you're playing in the playground, you never know where that's going to go to. But, you know, keep that, that childlike spirit and get some great education and combine the two and, you know, you never know where it goes and you're just going to please people with great products and fun ideas and just keep life fun. Yeah, exactly. So I love music. I got to know a little bit, maybe a minute or two about pop culture and music at Rhino Records. What did you do there? I was a senior vice president of product development, marketing, and, and promotion. I was brought over from my days at Mattel. They actually recruited me into Rhino Records. It was probably the best seven and a half years of my life. It's just absolutely incredible because in, in most cases you were really 
taking uh, care of uh, a wealth of music that had been done before and really not brought back into the forefront. Mm. So we did, every, I mean, the compilations and the concepts that were done, all, all the box sets and packages, and just working with some great art, artists that had not been recognized for a long time. I mean, everybody from the greats like Aretha Franklin and Ray Charles to pop bands like Casey and the Sunshine Band, just wow. a wealth of great fun stuff it was an incredible time and a, and a super fantastic label uh, also a label that had, had a, a social mission too and it, it helped me and it also taught my kids about you know helping out other people so when you work with rhino records and you bought rhino record product a good percentage of that product went back to the community it was just a full rounded amazing record label wow a lot of fun nice and so i am pretty clear with our three minutes and 24 seconds online so far, how passionate you are about <laughs> life. I can hear it. I can feel it in your voice. Tell me, how did that come to be? I, I, I probably have to, you know, go back to my parents who were, uh, I mean, had the same uh, same zest for life. And you know, everything was always fun in our household. There was always music playing. I mean, since I was a little boy, there was just music and fun and laughter in my house. And, you know, it was a, it was a really healthy environment. And, you know, I just, at, at this point, I've been involved in so many fun projects and fun things that I've just kept the spirit, you know. Yeah. Hey, why not? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you're, you're you've created toys for a living for your life. What could be better than that? It was great. Actually, even some toys that were created by my kids. My son invented a line called Spy Tech many, many years ago at Tyco Toys. It was real working spy equipment for kids. I was on the telephone with his teacher and he was hiding behind the couch. And after the phone call, he said, Dad, why don't we just do a line of spy toys for <laughs> wow. kids to play with? And it was. It was a highly successful line. So, hey, the, maybe the, the moral of that little story is ideas come from everywhere. everywhere. You've got to nurture them. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, people say there's, you know, no such thing as a bad idea. Well, you know, you've you got to work it somewhat, but you know, never give up on those ideas. Yeah. They come from all kinds of great places. Well, and I, I just want to reiterate what you said is never give up on those ideas. That's how greatness happens. It's very true. Yeah. Well, and uh, so those spy toys, I want some of them. I'm, fi I'm 58 <laughs> years old, and I want to play with them. Uh, you may have to find them on eBay. This is 20-some-odd years wow. ago, Rick. <laughs> so you were in the pet toy business, and you've transitioned from pet toys into food consumables. And one, I, I shared with you before we started recording that I have a new dog. She's been Kismet has been with us now for two years, and I am a big proponent on a raw food diet for my dog. And for the for health reasons, because, you know, as a canine, that's what they eat in the wild is they eat raw. So I go a little bit for well, I probably Heidi would say that I go a lot further on the food prep and making sure that what I'm giving my pooch is as good of food as the what I'm giving me. So tell me about that transition from toys to food. Well, it was a natural transition. I mean, especially when you're dealing with the holistic approach to animal care and welfare, a little more difficult to focus in on treats and food because there are some major players in there. And, you know, it takes, it takes a great deal of capital to market a food product. Yeah, you can formulate and create something different and that's healthy, but to get it out there in front of people and to help get back a return on the investment, hey, at the end of the day, you know, we are in, in, 
in business. So, you know, it would be nice to be altruistic and be able to come out with some products, but we've got to sell them too. So we waited quite some time to find the right formula, to find the right niche that would break through in the clutter. I mean, walk down the aisle of any pet store or any mass market store, walk down the, uh, the pet food aisle. It, it's a sea of packages. There's just so much out there. How do you break through without big marketing dollars? Well, for us, it really was, it started with the product itself. Let's find a product that, that the efficacy is warranted and that the ingredient list is simple but yet good and then it delivers the promise that you've got and it's different. So we latched on to the popular Mediterranean diet that utilizes olive oil as one of the key components and started looking at the benefits of that diet. We know the benefits of that diet for humans. So what are the benefits of that diet to the canine population? And it mirrored it perfectly. I mean, it was pretty unbelievable to see the the power of what olive oil does in a dog's diet, everything from helping to control weight gain to the obvious of, you know, uh, healthy skin and fur, but then looking at some of the other things, improving the immune system and a brain boost, mm -hmm. just there were so many benefits. And then, you know, the timing was so right. I think the uh, Mediterranean diet has been called the time diet of the year, whatever that really means. Wow. For the past for the past two or three years, and it's uh, it, it's been very powerful, and consumers are catching on. Nice. So one of the cool things about your product is is it kind of fits into the raw diet that I've got my dog on. Tell me about that. So yes, it does. I mean, uh, it would be nice to be able to do raw treats, but we have to watch uh, refrigeration and and how that becomes preserved. And obviously, with a raw diet, you don't want to put preservatives in unless they're natural preservatives. So we found a process that's very popular with healthy foods for humans, and that's cold press manufacturing. So you may be familiar with it with cold press coffee mm -hmm. or cold press juices. So by cold pressing, it's a special method that's used to make all of our Alvi uh, pet treats. The ingredients are ground together very gently and mixed, and then they're cold pressed using high pressure and very low temperature, actually less than 50 degrees oh, uh, wow. Fahrenheit. So what it's doing is it's pressing them together for a very short period of time, but it's maintaining pretty close to the to the natural ingredient profile and taste profile. So you're preserving, you know, you've tasted baked product versus, you know, fresh cooked, mm -hmm. you know, cookies. Big, big difference. Yeah. And, and then when you start looking at the, the, uh, the guaranteed analysis, what the uh, protein is and the fat and the fiber, and most importantly for these treats, because it uses olive oil, is the omega-3 and the omega-6 fatty acids that they don't get burned off. Because in a lot of in baking or also popular in treat making is injection molding, just like you would do with plastic. So oh, wow. it's high heat and it's extruded through a machine. I mean, they're, they're good treats, but you're losing a good percentage of the of nutrition. These nutrients. That, wow. Yeah, of the nutrition. So, you know, you, why, give, why give your pet something that's just going to add calories when you can give them something that has, you know, some nutritional value to it? Perfect. So, and you, it sounds like you've done a lot of research on the ingredients. So there's the olive oil part. What else is in your products? So the number one ingredient that you have to look for, and I, I think we were talking about recognizing a quality dog treat, you got to look at the protein that's used. Mm. I mean, 
dogs, dogs are dogs. They love protein. I mean, you know, they're out in the wild. That's what they eat. They eat protein and they eat raw food. So there are are a couple of types of protein. And the easiest one to use that we do not use is a byproduct meal. We use a poultry or chicken meal. And by poultry, it's chicken, duck, and turkey, or we use straight chicken meal. So not to get too much in detail, with byproduct meal, it's, it's a combination of chicken, by, chicken meal plus they use head, feet, mm. entrails, feathers. Look, a dog in the wild would love it. I'm sure all those components are quite tasty, but it doesn't, uh, especially in, in the United States, people do not want to buy byproduct meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just doesn't sound right. So we're using a, a pure chicken meal that does not have those components in it. There's no feathers, there's no entrails. So, you know, it's extremely tasty and it's got a, it does use bone because mm-hmm. it's got high calcium in it. Yep. Look, we're talking about animals in the wild here. Right. They don't have their own chefs. So, you know, <laughs> we, we try to put everything possible in it that's good for the dog. So, that, so there's a, 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 a big difference between the types of proteins that are used. And that's one of the key components. So we use a meal. It's preserved with mixed tosopherols, which is basically a combination of types of vitamin E. We use a wheat flour in it. Now, there's a thing going on in the industry, whether wheat is good for dogs or not. I, I've read so many studies on it, and everything is saying that, you know, it was the fad of the day, no wheat. And so we use wheat as a good binding agent. Mm-hmm. We use olive oil. And the olive oil is a first pressing. We get it from the Isle of Crete. It actually comes from a family farm in Crete. Wow. Um, we've gone out there. We've looked, we've looked at the, the farm and the ingredients. They don't use any pesticides. It's a wonderful ingredient. And we get the first pressing. It's called the gold press, mm-hmm. which comes off very first at the beginning of the season. We use spinach. We use a combination of seeds to add the omega-3, to boost the omega-3 and the omega-6 fatty acids. And that combination is chia seeds and pumpkin oh, seeds. Nice. And you use the pumpkin seed shell too. We, we also use a natural preservative. We use citric acid. I'm making a switch. Currently, the product has potassium sorbate in it, which is It's a safe preservative. It's not the friendliest preservative. So I've made a change over the past couple of months, and the treats now have, instead of the potassium sorbate, they have a dried vinegar which is a natural preservative. It it takes the shelf life down. So a shelf life with the potassium sorbate would be 36 months. It's 18 months with the dried vinegar, but uh, I think it's worth that. And and they move so quickly off the shelf that it's not staying on the shelf for more than that amount of time anyway. So every package is date coded and we know know, when the product was born and when it should come off the shelf. So we keep a a close, uh, you know, close eye on that. And then the only other thing that's in there is a natural smoke flavor. Nice. It's simple, simple, simple ingredients. Yeah. You know, it drives me crazy. And you know, I won't talk about competition. But when you look at you know a, an average pet treat, try to pronounce that ingredient list. Uh, right. Uh, I mean, it, it's quite difficult. And it's all I got one in front of me. No, you know, I won't name anything. But you know, I'm looking at potassium chloride and niacin, thiamine monounsaturate, <laughs> uh, peroxidine hydrochloride, mm-hmm. uh, riboflavin. I mean, it's 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 just a it's a it's a chemical mess. You know, I don't know about you, but my dog 
is my third child. So yeah, it, right. It's part of the family, and we all know that, you know, dogs, I don't know of any dogs that sleep outside anymore. I don't let mine sleep on our bed, but it's in the house. In that, yeah. Amen to that. Day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so all, all the pet is the name of your line, correct? Yes, that's correct. So I'm actually, you know, while we were chatting here a minute ago, I pulled it up online on Amazon. So it's, it is on Amazon. So if somebody wants to go to Amazon and type in O-L-V-I-P-E-T, it comes right up. The first striking thing that I saw when I pulled, up, pulled it up was you have 63 ratings and it's you got five stars yeah. and sixty three ratings. Tell me about that. Uh, I, I was waiting for the drum roll. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Greg. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, those are uh, those are you know consumers who are out there who bought the product, who felt compelled enough by it to write a review. They are very str- we've we've gotten some very strong reviews. I mean, the only reviews that that we've gotten that may have be anything negative is you know it, it's got a slightly higher price point than than some other treats. Again, you can go. Go out and you can buy treats that are chemical laden yep. for maybe a dollar less than this. I mean, it's not. This is a, a a friendly price point, but they are slightly more expensive than the average treat. Well, and so is good food for us. Exactly. End of story. Uh, what, do we shop at Whole Paycheck? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and Trader Joe's and buy organic, and you know, it's. I am a huge proponent of what we put in creates our health future. Because between our skin, which is our biggest organ on our body, so what we're putting on and then what we're eating and breathing is that really directs our future. And it's the same with my dog. And if I can, you know, if I can feed good, healthy stuff to my dog, it's going to cost a little bit more. But if she'll live a few more years longer, you know, I get that joy. And I'm sure that's probably the reason you're doing it, right? Food is medicine. You know, it really is. I, you know, a little quick story. A friend of mine's dog came down with cancer, went through, and they spent quite a bit of money doing radiation and mm-hmm. chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, do you know what helped this dog? A raw diet. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. It changed. It's, they flushed out his body with toxins, and it was like it was like resetting the whole mechanism and started over again. And lo and behold, the dog, you know, lived longer. Yeah. And a better life. Right, exactly. Yes, what we put in our body makes a big difference. Yeah. Well, and I discovered raw diets for animals, for dogs and cats, about 15 years ago. And I was doing rescue work for Rescue a Golden here in Arizona. And I had this dog come to me. And the reason they brought me this dog, she was four years old and highly allergic, so much so that she was bleeding on both of her arms and under her chin because she just itched so much. And they had her on $100 a month of medication. The first thing that I did was I put her on a raw diet, and within 45 days, she was healed. It was one of the most amazing transformations that I've ever seen in in, in anybody's health. Both and fast, too. Unbelievable. And that's right, and fast. So, you know, I'm incredibly passionate about this. And I, there's a book out there, Raining Cats and Dogs. We'll make sure that we get the link in the uh, show notes page for it. And that's what taught me about the raw food diet for, for animals. Yeah, I mean, so. you know, people have to be careful with a raw food diet. Yep. You know, it, it, be careful, you know, that it's refrigerated right and taken care of right. Yeah. But like I said, done done right, it is a very powerful tool yeah. for you know, pet health. Uh, amen. So I have a question here on our list of questions. Why would our urban farmers and gardeners care about ordering food for their dog online? Can you speak to that? Well, food differently than treats, but does anybody really want to carry a 50-pound bag back from 
brick and mortar store. Oh, there you go. I mean, I don't know about you, but this holiday season, I just love opening my door with all the packages on the doorstep. So you you have a there there's a there's a benefit from retail. I mean, mm-hmm. you have a, an associate at retail who can help you pick the right food for your dog. I mean, like you were talking about a past dog of yours. Every dog's got a different kind of you know, health profile, and like we all eat differently for our own healthy means, you know, I think with a, with a dog, you do want to speak with somebody that can help you, whether it's your vet or a, an educated associate at, mm-hmm. a, at a good retail outlet, can help you select a food for your pet, and that makes a big difference. But once you know that, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's quite easy to have something delivered to your door. <laughs> right. With treats, it's a little different. I mean, the, with, with treats, there's also an assortment. I find you can buy it both online or in store for treats. Yeah. Just, it's about variety, too. Look, I mean, we don't live on the same snack every night. So if you look at my pantry, there's a whole shelf of all kinds of treats. Exactly. I just want to let everybody know that the company in general, it's all about being pet lovers and caring. There's there's a lot of, you know, it's corporate America and, you know, people are out to make a buck and I, I get it, but we truly do care about people's pets. And, you know, we, we, even so on the toy side, Greg, all of our products meet children's safety standards because when you, when you have a, a whether it's a cat toy, which is quite small, or a dog toy on the floor, and you've got a baby or a kid in the house, mm, and they're putting oh yes. in their mouth. I mean, it, it, it should have the same – there are no safety requirements in the pet toy side or the pet industry. So we adopted that I come out of the children's you know, toy background yeah. and so several other people at the company. So you know, we adopted those same guidelines, the ASTM F963, it's called. And you know, people will come out with a cat wand that's got a string that's 12 and a half inches long. Well, a kid can choke on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, a kid can wrap it around and strangle themselves. So we make ours according to the toy safety standards. They don't exceed, I think it's 11 and a quarter inches long. So, I mean, we care about that stuff. And, and we put that same thing in the tree. Say, look, I could have easily have left the potassium sorbate and had a longer shelf life on these treats. But, you know, I, we found a natural preservative that didn't like take it out of the you know economic realm and it you know was actually a little more expensive i didn't raise the price on the treat but it makes sense it's just healthier it's ba- i have to sleep at night i have a conscience <laughs> right <laughs> yeah wow well thank you for all the work you do it's fun i love what i do yeah I I can tell that in our conversation. So I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you learned from it. did a lot of study in the pet industry, and I found that a good 60-plus percent of pets are considered senior pets. When you have a a lab that's got a life expectancy of what's just called 14 years, when that pet reaches 10 years old, it's geriatric. You Mm -hmm. have a senior pet. Mm -hmm. And, And so created a product line called Silver Tails, looking at this market going, oh, this is it. This is going to be the retirement. This is what a huge market. Put it out, did a deal with uh, Petco, had it in their stores exclusively. It failed miserably. And, and these were unbelievably innovative products, infrared massagers for arthritis and hip problems and rear hoisting leashes for, you know, to help a, a senior dog walk mm-hmm. and just all kinds of great products to 
directed towards the senior market. Why isn't this stuff moving? Did focus groups, did everything, found out that, let me ask you something. What do you call your 14-year-old dog? You kill, come here, puppy. You Come here, guy. Mm. It's your baby, no matter how I learned, <laughs> my right? staff learned, that people relate to their pets as if it's them. So if you have an old pet, you're old mm. too, buddy. So, so they just did not, it was like, I might need this, but I don't really need this yet. He's not that old. You know, it really was for the dog. We, we sold to people whose dogs were kind of over the expiration date. They were quite old, but it wasn't where they needed it, where were they in that transition from old to geriatric. We learned a lot about it. Everybody considers their dog a puppy. It was a huge marketing lesson to talk to the consumer before you run when you think you have the greatest <laughs> yeah. idea in the world you know do some focus groups talk to people understand what they're thinking about the pet and that was a that was a, a huge lesson and a very expensive one if i can say yeah I hear you on that one. And what do you consider your biggest success? I'm going to cut that in half. I'm going to talk about my personal success, which I'm sure, you know, in, in your interviews, you've heard it before. It's my amazing kids mm. and, and my amazing kids that gave me incredible grandkids at this point. So that I look at, I, I beam when I have mm-hmm. self children who at 35 years old don't live in my house anymore. It's really a great personal success. Right. And, and also on the personal side, I, I years ago I completed the uh, AIDS bike ride from San Francisco to LA and I personally raised about $11,000. Wow. It was uh, seven months of training to do a 700-mile bike ride with a, a group of just amazing people and that was a, uh, that was a, personal, uh, a, a personal success. Yeah. On, the, on the business side, a lot of products. I've got involved in a lot of products, but my, my most favorite one, biggest success was I, I created a line called the Incredible Crash Dummies for Tyco Toys years ago. It was based on the uh, Vince and Larry crash dummy characters you may have seen on the public service announcements, yep. you know, buckle up. So we license. I actually licensed from the Department of Transportation those characters and created a product line that eventually went from Tyco over to Mattel, and it, it did a couple of hundred million dollars in sales. <laughs> and it just, it was fun, and you know, it was a great play pattern, and it delivered a message, wear a seatbelt. Yeah. If the characters in the car weren't seatbelted, they went flying out of the car. If you seatbelted them in, in the toy car, they survived. It was so much fun, wow. and that was, that was super successful. That I, was fun. I remember those. Good. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember those, now that you say that. Wow, how cool. It was, it was really great. And what drives you? I, I said it before, ADHD and, and kind of like, you know, mastering and harnessing the power of, you know, of ADHD. But, but I'd say it's creativity. Mm. I mean, that drives me. And, and, and you've probably heard it before, but just seeing an idea come from, you know, taking a shower and having this little spark. And then, and it's true, showers are a great place for ideas to formulate. But seeing it go from conception to acceptance and, and walking down an aisle of a store and seeing something that you had your fingers in. And, and it's always teamwork, Greg, I'll tell yeah. you that. It's like, you know, you may be the guy who came up with the concept, but you, you can't get it done by yourself. So right. it, it's embracing the team and, and working together. And 
you know, that old saying of, you know, leave your ego at the door and, and you got to do that. So, but that never gets old to me. As I get older, I still, you know, it, uh, I, I still skip down the aisle of the store and go, hey, I was involved in that. Right. Wow. And I'll bet you see so, stuff in the stores that you created 20, 30 years ago. The scary part is seeing stuff in the store that you thought of and didn't act on. And uh, there it is. Right. Oh, <laughs> drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? Wow. So I uh, I just finished this and it made a real difference in my life. It's a book called The Last Lecture by Randy Posh. I'm not sure if you're familiar with I'm it. I'm not. He's a professor that was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and uh, he only had a few months to live and he wrote this book to tell people about positivity and uh, and optimism and yeah. it is you, you can you can youtube it he's done lectures he did a ted talk it, just an amazing guy but just to look at this guy who knows you know it, the end is around the corner but i'm just breathing life into everybody he touches and mm-hmm. it, it it reminds me i love to mentor people and it reminds me how important it is and how important it is to keep a positive you know outlook even if your days are numbered it's like hey you know, we, we, we've been blessed, you know, being able to be here. So let's right. pass that stuff along. Uh, it, it, it made a big difference to me. It's, I, I've read a lot of books. I could give you a laundry list of them, but this one uh, I finished recently and it's, it's still sticking in my mind. Wow, I'll bet. I'll bet. One, so I'm 58 years old and one of the, you know, I probably have another 20, maybe 25 gardening seasons left. And <laughs> at least, yeah, well, and but I get to this point in my life and it's like, whoa, hold on here. There's an expiration date coming up at some point. It had, mm-hmm. and for the past six or eight months, I've kind of been sitting with that, not out of fear or anything, but it's like, what am I doing with every day? Living it to the fullest, I hope. Yeah, exactly. Because what we have is right now and right now and right now, and it may end. Well, it will end. It may end sooner than we hoped. So that's. But wait, but that, but but depending on what you do, you're gonna give it back to the earth. So it's okay. <laughs> you're gonna you're you're gonna help that next season's farming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what? Um, just yesterday or today, I saw a an article on Apple News on the Apple News feed of a place in Seattle that is actually comp- You can go and have your body composted. Wow! Uh, right. I'm not sure about that one, but I got to think about that. Yeah, there you go. And what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? Well, it's going to kind of counter what I said before. I did say that that all you know, all ideas you know have some merit, but you can't be married to your ideas either. All ideas are not great. You know, you can't get too attached. Do your due diligence. You know, if there's a market there for it, whether it's a market, you know, financially or it's a market, you know, because it does good for people socially, that's terrific. But, you know, and you want to kind of invest the rest of your life doing that. But, you know, don't be too married to it because sometimes, you know, like I said before, sometimes the, the timing's not right. You know, you may want to shelve that idea for a while, work on something else, come back to it later on in life because maybe maybe you're ahead of your time. You know, maybe the timing's not right. Maybe it's too hard or too expensive to pull off now, but technology and things change. So, you know, put it in the closet, bring it back, but don't be too attached. I think that's kind of, you know, yeah. that's kind of, I've had to learn that one because they're all, all your ideas are your babies and you don't want, you know, we don't have ugly babies, but yeah, <laughs> sometimes 
Right. You know, you've gone to a friend's house who just gave birth, and you went, "Wow, nice hands." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, you know that that's a great piece of advice. We want to be committed to our ideas, but not married to them. And there's a very distinct difference there that we have to pay attention to. We get blinded. We yep. get blinded by our own, you know, greatness, and it's not, you know, hey, listen to other people's advices, too, and, and you know, carefully get, get a group, you know, like your own personal board members that you could bring your idea to and say, so what do you think? And, and, and park your ego and, you know, listen for a little bit. And they could be right, they could be wrong, mm-hmm. but, you know, if four out of five people are saying the same thing, they're on to something. Yeah. Most of all, have fun. Most of all, have fun. <laughs> Amen. I'm, I'm 62. I, well, I was going to say I act like a 26-year-old, but that would be, uh, uh, it's probably more like a 15-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you on that one. Have fun. Stay young. It's good for your, uh, you know, just the positive attitude keeps you healthy. It's, it's, it's good. Amen to that. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Neil. It's been a blast talking to you. Well, thank you for having me. It's wonderful. So tell me about Alvi Pet, where we can find it, because all of you out there with dogs, you want to get some of these. They look incredible. I'm, I've got mine on order already with Amazon today. So it's, uh, I mean, easiest for everybody now. Look, I, like I said, launching a new treat takes some time, and uh, retail stores have cycles when it's available to get on shelf. So we launched first online on both Amazon and Chewy, which is a competitor, mm-hmm. which is a all-pet all uh, website. So Chewy.com, those two. We sell to a lot of distributors who then sell to mom and pops. So uh, if any of your listeners, you know, uh, live in a certain area and they can't find it or they are in as computer savvy, which I can't imagine anymore, uh, and don't order it online, they can certainly write to me and I'll, I'll find a place locally or close by. Uh, it will be in a number of Petco's uh, come April. So we're starting to break that code of getting into retail, mm-hmm. um, into some of the larger retailers. And again, that takes time because you know, we're up against the, some of the bigger players who've got you know, massive marketing dollars, right. and, you know, essentially buy shelf space. So that's, that's kind of not our game. Well, congratulations. I, I love the passion that you bring to this and the product. I mean, it looks incredible. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My pleasure. Now i got to go take a nap. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash pet. That's O-L-V-I-P-E-T. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. 
Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.